0: and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke. Jody Jackson is in for Wolf today, and Kevin Zimmerman has wandered into the studio. Not really. Kevin walked in here with purpose. Yeah. Welcome to hell, Kevin. No, <laughs> it it's is a little, little warm. I think <laughs> yeah. it's actually cooling off. I wonder if what the, if Byron just did. Fix Byron
1: it. fixed it. it. I don't know.
0: He's the MVP today. Uh, if he fixed it, he is. He should be going to the All Star game. I that. feel
1: like <laughs> Luke. <laughs> we'll see. Luke, you are looking a it's little. It's a little warm over gliding. here. He's glowing. He's glowing I see I'm it. Yeah, fine. I'm fine. I'm always I'm always cold, so this is perfect
0: for me okay, that's good for you. <laughs> Not great for me. We'll see how long Kevin stays in here with us in the pressure cooker. But, um, Kevin, this was, this ended up being a huge four-day weekend for the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to start here with you. Are you surprised at all that they were able to do what they did when Kellen was in here? When I was doing the show with him on Thursday, we were talking about how different things may be when we started doing shows again after the Fourth of July holiday in the sense of like, are we going to know a couple of their players? or Are they going to have to wait until they just kind of take the leftovers from the other teams in free agency? I don't feel like they took leftovers. I feel like they added some pretty big pieces. I think when you look at guys like Chemezi, Metu,
2: Drew, Eubanks, those are guys who haven't been really on good teams, and you could say, oh, go play for a really good team, and then you're going to make yourself a lot of money down the road, so it makes sense to sign them. But then I think you're surprised with Eric Gordon. Obviously, when he's getting that pay cut for what he's really valued at and worth. When you look at even Yuta Watanabe, who's proven himself to be a really good role player on some good teams, really good shooter. Like you would think he could go out and get more money. So I think when they had that all lined up, and then like three o'clock hit for our time on Friday, and it's just one after the other, and you resign Akogi, you resign Damian Lee, you fill, you check all these boxes of what you need. That was really impressive so yeah I mean Eric Gordon thing made sense that it took a little longer but just to have the other guys lined up even before that happened I was super surprised that they could even get that value on some of those guys how much does that elevate the
1: Suns just Right off the bat, in the Western Conference, I mean, already you were looking at them as
2: a top team. But can they overcome the Nuggets? Can they? Lakers made a lot of moves, so yeah. I mean, Denver. I mean, Denver. Kind of, you saw planning. I think they made a trade during the finals, which is like, why do you guys? Why are you guys worrying about this? Go enjoy being in the (laughs) finals on beating Miami Um, because they saw they're going to lose Bruce Brown. You saw they're going to lose Jeff Green, two key parts of that um, title team. Um, So they don't get better. Um, They're relying on some young guys next year. You look at the Lakers, obviously they kept a lot of guys mm-hmm. like Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura. That, that's big for them because they showed signs of progress in a really short amount of time. And then they go add like Torian Prince, um, Gabe Vincent, bring back D'Lo. So those three teams I think you could put right there. The Clippers kind of maintained pace and also had some like great value signings, Plumlee's back, that kind of thing. So I, like Denver, I think other teams got closer to them. I'm not ever going to like say the title favorite who's returning their two stars is going to be back behind someone, but I think some teams made progress, and it's going to be those teams I mentioned and a couple others are going to be
0: right there, I think. Talking to Kevin Zimmerman, uh Kevin, in terms of defenders, because I know that's if, you, if you're if you a Suns fan, maybe you're not watching... You weren't watching Josh Okogie before he got here. You're not watching Keita bates Diop on San Antonio necessarily, but when you look at this team now who in your mind are the defenders because they're going to score points and almost I'm trying to look at this as set Denver aside for a second because if Jokic is on Jokic is on there's not there's not a player you could have gotten or drafted that's going to stop him but if you set Denver aside for a second it feels like the Suns are going to outscore most teams but do you think they have enough defense other than just Frank Vogel being a defensive coach?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, because like Book, KD, Beal are going to have to play defense, DeAndre's going to have to play defense, because those four are just going to play the bulk of the minutes um, as it's constructed, but Bates Diop is a guy that you mentioned who again, when you're watching a Spurs team getting blown out by 20 points in the regular season, like you see him being in the right spots, being able to switch on different guys, um, same thing with Metu, a Few fewer minutes on the Kings, but he has that athletic Eubanks with Portland, um, more minutes on a bad team again. So they have a lot of versatility around the big three in Aiton, um, and Aiton, and I think that's the big key. Is again, Akogi probably is the the favorite to start alongside everyone because he can defend the lead ball um, handler on the other team. So they they filled they check those boxes, and I think the thing with all those guys is they're versatile. They can defend multiple positions, and they're not checked into one um, group. So so that that's the big thing with me on defense.
1: Yeah, interesting. Bates Diop, too, could be maybe, I mean, I guess Kogi yeah. is the guy that would start there, but like you said, interchangeable a little bit in some
2: ways. Yeah, and I think with this roster, that's the cool thing about how they picked that, again, the versatility is like, if even if Akogi goes all regular season starting and you play, say, the Nuggets, and we saw Devin Booker defended Jamal Murray just fine um, in the playoffs, if you want to say, hey, you, you're there and then we want to go bigger and we could put Bates Diop in just because the matchup fits for this certain team, I could see that, and that's, again, you could put Wantanabe in there if you want shooting, so really, it
0: just gives you options on that fifth starter, or just lineup combinations, I guess. Talking to Kevin Zimmerman, um, you mentioned the name, we're going to get more into it later on in the show, but my initial reaction when I saw them fill out the roster as quickly as they did was, okay, I feel better about DeAndre Ayton because he's your fourth option, you're not asking him to do nearly as much as you maybe were a couple years ago, and you've built a solid team around him, but what his veto power goes away in like a week, week and a half. So I I mean, I guess it's not impossible that they would still trade him. Are are we at the point where we have closure where he's going to be here this year? I think once that date kind of passes, and so in a few weeks, I think we can
2: <laughs> stop having that conversation. <laughs> Why well, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, it would be nice, and again, it's one of those things where if you want to have the conversation then they would need back, you know, two really good role players, and obviously one has to be a big center, because they don't really have size beyond him at this point. For the Jokic's, I know he's no one can stop that man, but I would but rather have it. Yeah. a 250 or 60 pound dude against him than a 240 pound dude against against him so yeah there would just have to be some very big surprises but I think
0: we're I hope we're getting close. Do, do you feel better about it though? Like, yeah, with, with, yeah. if DA's back, and I know that you're you were of the sense of you don't have to rush a trade anyway. But it, just in general, I feel better about this lineup now because there is a lineup. Before it was just three guys in Da, and Da has been so shaky that you don't know.
2: Yeah, and, and the fact that they went out and got a very different type of center in Eubanks kind of gives you sense that okay, they they want a change of option there, and it, it does like as it stands, the roster looks like it makes sense, and he's like the only guy who can do what his job will be. So. So I think to answer your question, yeah, I think it does kind of solidify that in my mind at least. I mean DA is the to me, the biggest factor in the success of this team going forward. Luke (laughs) and
1: I were well just that rim protector and you know, getting back to that twenty twenty one form and you know, Luke and I were talking and I just for me again I, I covered the Suns many years ago I don't cover them day to day anymore but when I look at it I say why can't he become that guy again
2: that, I think that's the most confounding thing is why can't he why did he just suddenly become that that playoff run and before it and after it hasn't been the same I mean I don't that's what the one thing in sports you can always be like that guy like if he doesn't develop a three-point shot or whatever then he's just not gonna be this good or whatever it is for certain athletes in certain positions but with him it's like he's done it And it was just a certain period of time. Uh, And so it is really on Frank Vogel and that staff to really reach him, I think.
1: And I think that's the thing that's talked about is can Frank Vogel unlock him? And if he can, I mean, this team, to me, that's going to be the thing that takes them to that next level.
0: They obviously have all the scoring. Yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. Denver. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I guess the last thing on DA two is it's it's not that's not like a two hundred hitter that one year everything came together and they hit three twenty. This is a guy that was the first overall pick. He's supposed to be that good, and then he was that good. Kevin, before we let you go, I just, I, we were talking about this earlier, and it kind of hit me. Typically, when you add when you have a big three and you put pieces around them, it always seems to be the same recycled guys. We were saying before, like you could name, it was J.R. Smith and Rajon Rondo and, and James Jones actually was on one of those teams. But for lo- a lot of times it is guys towards the end of their career that are coming in. They went out and got some guys in their twenties that still have some upside too. I, I, I find that impressive to be able to pull that off. I,
2: yeah. And I think it was an athleticism concern because just, the rim pressure that whether it's you're talking to bigs like metu and eubanks really athletic guys or the smaller players like even jordan goodwin who came in over the in the field trade can drive and that kind of thing so they really compliment the mid-range guys the mid-range stars they have and to your point like I was just typing Taj Gibson Blake Griffin Tristan Thompson DeAndre Jordan just to like cover my bases when I was going (laughs) through this exercise of like who could they sign and then they go out and get like young players who still have upside so I think that's important where it's hey you can get value out of it you can find diamonds in the rough especially watching again like the Blazers and Spurs those
0: pickups were were huge for them I think Kevin, we appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon, and I'm sure DeAndre Ayton's name will come up again, no matter when we talk to you. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks. a
1: lot. Thanks, Kevin.
0: That's Kevin Zimmerman joining us uh, right there. Check out the Empire of the Suns podcast and the two-hour show they did on Monday. Kevin and Kellen is, uh, is available in podcast form right now as well.